This podcast has been brought to you by GM Moving, part of Greater Sports. We're here to help the people of Greater Manchester get moving and to improve lives through physical activity. Holt, Strategic Director at GM Moving and for today's podcast I'm speaking with Ruth at Manchester Mind. So psychiatrists are warning of a tsunami of mental illness from problems that have been stored up during lockdown um, and people are feeling huge amounts of anxiety. This week is Mental Health Awareness Week and um, the theme being kindness So I'm speaking to Ruth about the links between our mental health, our physical health, staying active, being kind and what we can all do to look after ourselves as we emerge from lockdown. I hope you enjoy. My name is Ruth Rosselson and I'm the Resilience Coordinator at Manchester Mind. Um, So what that actually means is um, my work is focused around helping people manage challenges, uh, change in life uh, and stress as well. So I run six-week courses for people living with long-term physical conditions. I run our eight-week Mindfulness for Stress course and I run uh, various different bite-size and half-day workshops around stress. Or rather, I did before <laughs> all this uh, lockdown kicked off. So tell us a little bit then about what, how have you had to change what you do and how you're doing it um, since COVID lockdown? Yeah, so um, basically I can't do the normal job that I do. Um, obviously we can't be in the same room as people and in fact my six-week courses are working with some of the most vulnerable people in Manchester who've got various long-term conditions like diabetes, COPD as well as um, inflammatory arthritis, osteoarthritis, all those sorts of things. So they're kind of most at risk. So we were uh, unfortunately having to, you know, put all that on pause, not just for lockdown, but uh, until it's completely safe, really. Um, and then my um, other, other courses, obviously, they just can't happen right now. So while we've been in lockdown, and at least um, for the last two months, what I've been doing is running open access online sessions um, focused around helping people manage anxiety. So teaching different kinds of techniques to help people calm down, um, self-regulate, and just kind of manage the anxiety that's just so prevalent at the moment. And also running some online meditation mindfulness meditation sessions so I've got a lovely group of graduates from my mindfulness course who come and meditate with me every Tuesday but then I also have some open access sessions which people can just drop in on or keep turning up to in fact I've got a lot of regulars now um, and those are Wednesday lunchtime and also Friday morning at eight so I've been doing these kind of online sessions hoping to offer a little bit of additional support but also connection for people while we've been cut off as it were and then also um, going in and doing some little bite-sized sessions for for businesses for some companies as well who want to support their staff. I saw your meditation 
sessions advertised on Facebook and I've been desperate to join and I haven't as yet. So I'm going to make a commitment right now. It's going to happen because it's definitely something I need in my life. Um, so did you say those are Wednesdays and Fridays? Yeah, so we do a Wednesday lunchtime, which is 12.15 till 1. Uh, and then Friday morning, which is 8 till 8.30. So they're very basic sessions. They're really aimed at people who you know, may never have meditated before, as well as people who have a regular practice. And the Friday morning, it's very, it's a sort of hello, and then I lead a meditation. So there's no real theory or, or much other than to sit and meditate, and then we reflect a little bit. Um, Wednesday, there's a little bit more time for people to connect with each other. Sometimes we have some breakout groups and for me to talk a little bit about some of the kind of theory underpinning um, why these mindful practice are really useful for helping manage stress and challenges but also kind of bringing us a little bit more calm and joy into our lives and for me personally um, my mindfulness practice has been really crucial to um, during this time stress and worry um, and not really sure how to manage that Obviously, for a lot of us, um, there's a, a big feeling of isolation and a lack of connection. Um, it's, it's so important for us as human beings to be connected. We are social animals. And yet at the moment, we're really cut off from that. We're not even allowed to touch people, which is such a crucial part of our well-being. The, you know, if, we if people who are living on their own uh, are going to be really missing out on something that's really important for mental well-being. Um, but there's also other, other um, kind of more serious aspects of, of lockdown. So people who've got existing mental health problems are really struggling with their routine, with their self-care habits, um, and then um, issues around poverty as well. So if you're kind of really an anxious and uncertain about going out and don't have a lot of money, then we know that there's a lot of people um, who are going without food as well. And obviously a healthy diet is as important for our mental well-being as all the other things as well. So we are kind of seeing um, a lot of issues across the board. Um, but I think it's... I think that lockdown has affected everybody in terms of mental well-being in one way or another. And it's so, it's feels like layers upon layers, um, which have exasperated for lots of people, you know, existing anxieties and, and challenges and poverty and inequalities and um, all the things that, that can make life really hard for many people. Going back to, so absolutely as social beings and I'm a particularly tactile person so I know I've been very very grateful for the fact that I do you know I do live with other people I've got three kids and I get to have hugs off them every day um, and the idea of being isolated um, and not having that level of human contact day to day and the impact that must have um, just must be so challenging and I know speaking to people who you know again have pets and just so grateful for being able to you yeah. know, stroke a pet um, and oh. then I guess one of the other key differences we see is, is access to outdoor space. Well I um, think I mean there's a few people who are coming on to my sessions who are shielding so um, they're obviously restricted anyway um, unable to get to outdoor space even if it is um, freely available to them because they have to be really careful um, so I kind of seeing that now, you know, two months in, um, people are really starting to struggle. I think initially it was kind of not so hard to just start off on this process. But obviously, the longer we're here, the longer we're out of touch with some of the things that are so key for our mental well-being. I'm really lucky. I live so close. I live at, with a park at the end of my road and I'm able to make, um, you know, really great use of that. And I've noticed the difference. 
I've had some conversations with people where they've kind of mentioned how just noticing the bird song outside their house has been something uh, around connecting with nature. So there are ways of doing it without leaving the house, but obviously it's really, really difficult. And I think that um, it's going to be really clear going forward how important Manchester's green space is and how important it is that we keep it. So are there any sort of positives and opportunities that you've seen over the last few weeks that are things that actually you would want to hold on to amongst everything else that we, we can't wait to see to, um, to go? Well, it's quite interesting. So um, the kind of work I do, I, I work with people with long term conditions. And um, one of the things is that for many of the people who come on my six week courses with long term conditions, they were already isolated. They were already um, experiencing lack of connection because for physical and mental health reasons, they may not have had networks. They may not have had ways of going out and meeting with other people. So I'm hoping that in at least some of the time we can kind of look towards how to connect those people better even um, if we're not able to go out and meet in the same kind of spaces um, my partner has chronic fatigue he hasn't been out for two months more or less so for for some people with physical health conditions um, lockdown isn't really that different um, so it's kind of I have been really heartened by what we have been able to do in terms of offer some support and some connection with people with online sessions. Um, obviously, there are issues around accessibility to technology, but I think hopefully as some things go forward um, and especially if we can get you know, um, broadband into people's homes and, and some technology, we can enable people to connect better in the future. Um, and as I say, I've been very surprised with how positive the online Zoom sessions have been that I've run. So that's one thing that I think at least I'll hopefully uh, going forward look in my work at ways of connecting people even if people can't physically get out to my sessions. One thing that I've really noticed myself is the different way of working. So I have inflammatory arthritis and fibromyalgia. So I have issues with my um, energy and fatigue. I find long working days very challenging. Um, so it used to be if I did three or four full days, I'd spend uh, the Friday in bed, literally unable to get out of bed. And I still find long days very challenging. And the kind of working pattern that I've got into during lockdown has been really brilliant for both my mental health and my physical health so I do a couple of hours in the morning and then I might go for a walk and then I might do another hour and a half and then I might do a little bit of exercise and then I come back and do um, a, a, another chunk of work and that's really enabled me to have very good sustained energy through the day as well as make um, greater use of the outdoors and, and nature that I've been noticing so for me I'm going to find it quite hard to go back and do kind of full days in the office again and I'm kind of wondering at how uh, whether it will be possible at least in some of my working days to have that staggered pattern of work or that kind of chunks of work with time to go outside to move a little bit um, sitting down all day is so bad for my body um, my arthritis doesn't like it my fibromyalgia doesn't like it my mental health doesn't like it so having the opportunity to get up move around and even get outside for a bit of a cycle or a walk has really made a big difference to me um, um, and so I'm hoping at least going forward that might be something that I can look to change in my own life anyway.
That's something we've been talking about a lot, obviously at GM Moving, both in terms of our own sort of rethinking of how we work as an organisation um, and speaking to staff as well as our wider work with, with other employers um, across Greater Manchester, because it has been a common theme. Um, you know, quite a lot of people saying that that's sort of, as you say, sort of chunking up of work over the day, of finding and creating more space to stay physically active, um, to go outside, uh, to enjoy some of their kind of local and discover actually local sort of green spaces and gems that people mm. said that they previously hadn't been aware of and um, has really improved for some people, you know, their their physical and mental health and, you know, definitely hearing from people that just don't want to let go of that now and the idea of returning to long commutes and these long busy days where you don't have those breaks and those times to stay active and to stretch and to breathe we remember that and we look at how we design that into yeah, absolutely you know, I mean I, I've been discovering new routes in South Manchester new green spaces you know what there was one day where I did an hour and a half cycling and then I came back and went back to work again and I was really alert I was really you know full of kind of um, life from having had that wonderful cycle ride and then I came back and was able to be really focused and I'm not usually focused at five o'clock in the afternoon, but yet I had another kind of 90 minutes of work in me because I'd been outside and moved around a bit. So, yeah, I think that will be interesting going forward to see how we can accommodate that into people's routines. Evidence. So we all know the evidence to say it will enable us to be more alert. It will enable us to, you know, focus better because of the challenges we're facing um, with our mental well-being at the moment any time that we can spend nurturing ourselves our minds and bodies is time well spent so um, the anxiety that most people are experiencing off and on at the moment is really normal and natural so it becomes twice as important that we find ways of helping um, counter it with some kind of restful relaxing calming or connecting activities so getting outside and enjoying the sun on your skin even if you don't have that green space could actually be really beneficial for people and even uh, you know kind of mindful walking around your house actually could help um, people's well-being even if they can't get outside so I think it is um, you know has been for me um, so important in um, my managing my stress my anxiety my mental health during lockdown because I'm affected just as much as anyone else even though I work for a mental health organization doesn't mean I'm uh, I'm kind of um, immune to experiencing mental ill health so and I know that the people who've come on my um, Zoom sessions, they've also mentioned how important those well-being activities have been for their mental health and helping them feel calmer and more able to manage the challenges um, that we're being faced with at the moment. I think so many, so many of us are sort of intrinsically motivated, aren't we, to have a clear sense of purpose to be able to help those around us. And at a time like this, when we see crisis and um, we see so many people struggling it's quite hard for lots of us to stop to, to take care of ourselves um, because we can constantly see ways in which we can support others whether it's in the home or in the community or in our workplaces so it feels all the more important like I'm having to tell people all the time at the minute how important it is to you know to also look after yourself it's the whole you know apply your gas mask first because otherwise if you experience burnout then you're unable to help those others around us. And we're, it, we've, we've got a long way to go, haven't we? I think we're, 
the actual shift as we gradually emerge out of lockdown in itself is going to be very challenging and those shifts again to routine and some anxiety around what that means and what what it looks like um, and adapting further and then this idea of what does what does it look like in the longer term feels so uncertain still in terms of actually living with covid when so much is is unclear as it stands so it feels so important that you know whatever position you're in um we're all conscious about how we make space for those things you mentioned there in terms of taking time you know even if it's just in your own house to be mindful to be able to go outside and feel the sun when there is sun or feel the rain which can be equally as pleasant um, and then to make use of technology going forward to enable connectivity um, which you know I think you're, you're certainly not alone in having been pleasantly surprised by the way that that can you know enable some of that sort of social interaction that we've been unable to have sort of face to face and at the same time look at how we do design our neighborhoods our cities been really lovely when you've been locked up all day to go out to somewhere like Turn Moss in South Manchester in this huge field and there's a sense of freedom there I think as you say just being in this wide open space after you've been confined to the house for you know 23 hours a day. People's anxi anxiety has really been increasing though um, yeah, I think things settled a little bit when we got into this routine uh, of, of living in a in a new way uh, but since um, since things have started to shift and change again we've seen people's anxiety really start to rise again at the kind of prospect of having to go back to work or or putting ourselves at risk or people we know um, being put at risk at having to go back to work so I think it's going to be really important for people to keep um, the the kinds of routines that they've set for themselves and the the kind of well-being activities that they found that have helped um, as we go forward because I think we are going to be on shaky ground not just for a couple of weeks but for quite a while now and uh, uncertainty is not great for mental health at all for, for anybody. Are there any other key tips that you would give to anyone who is struggling with their own mental health or who's supporting others in whatever capacity? I think kind of being being as um, kind to ourselves is really important. So um, being kind to ourselves for feeling anxious rather than feeling that we should be doing better is actually really important. It's really normal to be anxious. It's really normal to find this hard. Um, and we don't need to make it harder on ourselves by trying to power through or by trying to say you should be doing better. You should be able to cope. Um, mindfulness has that kindness element. Um, but mindfulness is also about being here in this moment and in this moment for most of us we are okay so finding ways of being uh, with our senses with a sense of smell sight hearing um, the sense of contact with whatever we're sitting on can help calm the mind down when it starts to spin out of control so I've been doing kind of grounding meditations with people um, and there's there's lots that are freely available online which are really about um, settling the mind a little bit into what's actually going going on right now because our anxiety um, is often really really driven by overthinking and by kind of projecting into the future so whatever people can use to help bring them back into this exact moment because actually Eve at the moment although I might be anxious right now I'm breathing my heart's beating I'm safe 
there's nothing attacking me in my home uh, I'm just sat on a chair talking to you and it's each time I remind myself of that that kind of calms the nervous system down and helps um, us better able to cope with that challenge that we're living with at the moment I also think it's important to emphasize that we don't need a lot of time um, to be able to look after ourselves. So a lot of the exercises I'm doing with people on the Zoom are very short. Um, some of them, one or two minutes of belly breathing, of calming breathing, um, a, a meditation of five minutes, 10 minutes. So um, I think there is often a perception that um, self-care is something that is, is an extra that we, if we have loads of time, we can do it. But actually, you can do it while the kettle's boiling. When you're making your cup of tea or even, you know, if you're heating something up on the hob or on the microwave, you can sit and do a grounding meditation or do some belly breathing. And I think little and often is really accessible to most people. And I think it's what you probably say about exercise as well, you know, rather than waiting for that kind of long time that you can go and do a really long bike ride, little, little and small amounts can make a big difference. And the other thing I would say that's really important is to, even though it might be hard at the, at the moment, is to really savor any kind of positive experiences that we have rather than brush them off. So every time we have a conversation with someone, you know, a loved one on the phone or we have a, we have a WhatsApp video call, kind of notice that feeling of connection in our bodies to actually savor it like you would savor a really, really expensive chocolate or cheese or something. You wouldn't just gobble it down. You would take small bites and really savor it and savor the taste afterwards and it's um it's a really useful practice when we can get into the habit of doing that every time something positive happens to us we get, give ourselves a few extra seconds to savor it to enjoy it to kind of absorb it into the body um, and over time that actually starts to change the brain and that starts to balance out um, the negativity bias that human beings um, have a tendency towards anyway and and that means we're better able to cope with the different difficult times so it doesn't mean that we don't um, that you know we're pretending everything is fine but we're allowing ourselves to enjoy the little and nice things that happen every day like cup of tea those sorts of things just listening to you makes my heartbeat calm I can feel myself <laughs> feeling lighter I'll just sit here and, en and enjoy and um, think about my next cup of tea is there any final sort of reflections that you would want to share just how important exercise has been for my mental health personally um, I exercise pretty much every day um, which people kind of find strange when that I then tell them I have fibromyalgia and arthritis um, but it has been as important for my mental health as for my physical health so every January or at least the last couple of years um, Manchester Mind has partnered with Red January to encourage people to move every day in January it was running every day but it, it's kind of changed uh, evolved into some kind of movement every day so this year I did it and I was really surprised at how different it was for my mental health even though I exercise most days anyway having that commitment to do something every day and it didn't have to be a long thing um, that January was the happiest January I've ever had because I'd made a commitment to move in some way every day so 
just to, to kind of reiterate that the importance of exercise is not just for our physical bodies, though, of course, it's really important for all of those reasons that we know, um, but for lifting our mood and for helping us better manage stress and challenges. Um, and so I think, you know, kind of looking forward, I think it's really important to kind of promote the messages that um, exercise or moving is for everybody. Um, and being active is as much for our mental well-being as for our physical well-being. So I know that um, lots of people who come on my six-week courses, so, so the ones for people with long-term health conditions, and many of them haven't exercised for a long time, and quite a lot of them are a bit fed up of being told to exercise, actually. Um, the kind of um, very, you must do this, you must lose weight, and, you know, um, and the kind of blame culture that has, um, they feel... Um, affected them and so they really turned off about the idea of exercising for their physical health but often when they come on my courses their confidence grows their mental health improves and then they start to think I would like to move more and I would like to do something physical for myself. So I think there is also an importance about how um, people are talked to about moving. <laughs> um, and when people are, are kind of nurtured and when confidence is built, um, often they'll come to the conclusion themselves. So I, I don't have it as a you must exercise for your mental health. That's not part of my courses. However, a lot of people who come on my courses at the end, some of their, their goals are about wanting to move more, wanting to do some kind of exercise. And it might just be walking. For some people, um, that's, uh, that's a big change from doing nothing to just walking around the block. Um, and we had some, uh, some women on one of my courses who um, were, were walking more regularly and they noticed the impact on their mental health. So I think um, it's really important when we start to talk about moving and exercising to main help people see it can be informal really just walking around the block or just moving a little bit more can actually make a big difference so I don't know if that that answers your question but um yeah about a, a kind of about the messages uh, and about making it easy for people as well just articulated beautifully our philosophy at GM moving <laughs> so thank you very much um, I'm a great advocate really of of everything we're trying to do in that way so it's just great to hear that those are the messages that you're you know giving out and signaling to the people that you're working with but also so, recognize that, that walking or, or or using the legs isn't accessible for everybody yeah. uh, depending on mobility depending on pain levels um so finding ways of helping people be active um even when they can't do those things so um the zumba teacher who i who i um, go to classes with in a, in a normal life uh, i know that she runs seated zumba classes so that's kind of accessible to, for people who can't get up and walk around or for whom where there's pain or mobility issues as well and i I think also it would be lovely if um, bicycles were kind of more promoted to, to people with different kinds of mobility and I know someone like um, Simply Cycling uh, do great work around trying to help people use different kinds of bikes um, and I, I often signpost some of the participants on my courses uh, to them to, um, to help them sort of think uh, a bit more creative, creatively um, about wheels and moving as well. 
Absolutely. That's why we need to make sure we're designing those spaces for diversity from the beginning. So we're thinking about our cycle lanes and our pavements as spaces that whether you're on foot or bike or on wheels or pushing a wheelchair or a buggy, we've got an adapted bike, adapted cycle that we really are thinking now about how we design all those spaces to cater for everybody, for everyone to be able to move in a way that works for them. I'm thinking about the, the bike hive um, project at Alexander Park in about five years ago. And there, you know, really bikes have just been a, a tool for people to come together. And, you know, sometimes people barely even get on the bike or barely go anywhere. But it's been something that's just the focus. People feel that they can come and have a chat and have a cup of tea. And the walk to the park to come to ride a bike has been as important, if not more important, than if they actually then get on a bike when they arrive. It's um, been so lovely to see on the on the trails in the bikes. I've seen tiny kids on bikes. I've seen a whole family with the tiniest to the to to the dad. Everybody cycling. It's clear they're not they're new to it. Yeah. Or they're yeah. new to it as a family. I, I, I helped signpost a family who were like, oh, we've never been around here before. Or he, I'm hearing people teaching their kids to ride a bike. So I'm keeping fingers crossed that, that there will be more of us. So at least that will change perceptions as well. Yeah. Any new things that you've appreciated or anything? Well, just the simplicity of walking, actually. Um, I, th- I think... Um, before lockdown I would go out to Wales and go out and walk in the hills and love that but I wouldn't see it as part of my life within Manchester but actually um, when we had lockdown I was I was almost religious about I'm going out for my walk every day and haven't gone very far from the house but have really really loved it Uh, and that is a big change that is a big change so before lockdown I'd be doing Zumba classes or I'd be cycling or I'd be going to yoga Um, but since lockdown the focus has been much more on on just simply walking um, and really noticing the benefits of being outside and, and moving in that way and I think I'm I might have been a little bit judgy about walking around the city or around parks or oh, well, that's a bit flat or it's not really it's not proper <laughs> uh, and I've totally changed my mind about that it is proper and it's fantastic so I think that's changed um, I think that's the main thing I, and and maybe a little bit more cycling for fun as opposed to cycling um, while I'm scared out of my wits that I'm going to get hit by a car um, on my commute I've been I've been doing a, a little bit more leisure cycling on those lovely um, off-road routes that we've got in Manchester so those two changes have been um, really lovely um, so so good for my mental health um, and I think they've brought me a lot of joy and I will be hopefully uh, carrying on those sort of at least if not every day then some kind of just going for a walk at, at twilight or just going for a walk on my lunch um, I think those will be things that I would like to carry forward whether that's no. on the phone or by video um, we have a young people service as well um, and all the information is kept up to date on our website which is manchestermind.org so uh, sort of do have a look there and you can kind of have a look around at the sort of services that we're offering because um, we are very much here and we are very much needed perfect thank you very much for your time much appreciated thank you eve if you've enjoyed this podcast why not share it or tell a friend about it And if you've got feedback or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch with our team at Greater Sport using the links that you'll find on our podcast page.